Hello. Welcome to the Maryland Law Podcast, Family Law Section. My name is Troy C. Hansen Esquire, and in this episode, I will provide detailed instructions on how to properly complete the Maryland Form General Financial Statement, also known as CCDR031. You can find this form on the web at www.courts.state.md.us. Once there, click the tab for Online Services, click the next tab for Court Forms, and finally complete the search box. In general, this form is filed with one of the following other forms. A complaint for child support, where the parent's combined gross monthly income is over $15,000. A complaint for divorce. A motion or petition to modify alimony. Now, before we get into the instructions, I wanted to take a moment to advise the listener that although the producers of this podcast are attorneys licensed to practice law in the state of Maryland, the information contained in this website and podcast, or the use thereof, is general in nature. For educational purposes only, should not be considered legal advice, does not establish an attorney-client relationship, and is not a solicitation to offer legal advice. In addition, we do not guarantee the completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness of any of the information provided in this website and podcast, and that said information is provided without any warranty of any kind whatsoever, expressed or implied. One more thing before we get to the instructions. Maryland Law Podcast is a community-funded and supported project, which means we are only able to provide the information on this site and maintain and update it with your support. So if you found any of the information contained in this website and podcast educational or are simply supportive of providing greater access to our legal system, please consider supporting us by passing our information along by whatever means you have available by leaving us a review and a rating, and or making a donation. Every bit helps, and we appreciate your support. Okay, let's take a look at the form General Financial Statement CCDR031. The form is divided into six sections. The top of the form is the case caption, where filing and party information is provided. Then there is a place where you list your children's names and dates of birth. Underneath that is a section for you to enter monthly expenses for yourself and the children. This monthly expense part is organized into categories of monthly expenses A through K. After the monthly expenses, there are other sections for you to enter income information, asset information, liability information, And finally, there is a section for you to sign. Beginning with the case caption, you must first indicate the county of the circuit court you are filing in, and that court's physical address, which you can find online. Next, there is a space for the case number. If this is an original case, leave the case number blank, and the clerk of the court will assign a number when you file the form. If, however, you are filing this form into a case that has already been filed, you would put that case number 
in the blank. Directly under the case caption is the title of the document with a blank for you to insert your name and thereby advising that this is your financial statement. Next, it's a box for you to enter your children's names and ages. Now comes the largest part of the form, the monthly expenses. As I mentioned earlier, the monthly expenses portion of the form is organized into categories A through K. Specifically, these categories are A, primary residence, B, secondary residence, C, other household necessities, D, dental, medical, vision, E, school expenses, F, residential and entertainment, G, transportation expenses, H, gifts, I, clothing, J, incidentals, and K, miscellaneous other. So because the form organizes your and your children's monthly expenses in this way, it may be worth your time and effort to review each of these categories and the expenses they list so that when you are ready to complete each section of expenses, all of your and your children's monthly expenses are organized in the same categories. In addition to the monthly expenses being organized by category A through K horizontally, the form also divides monthly expenses into a vertical column for your monthly expenses, the children's monthly expenses, and the total of each monthly expense. Finally, each category of monthly expenses has a subtotal that will be tallied later in the form. Now two more things before we move on. One, be sure that you are entering the monthly expense, not the annual, weekly, or quarterly expense. The court needs the monthly expense because that is how it evaluates things like alimony and child support. So if you have an annual expense, divide it by 12 and enter that number. If you have a weekly expense, multiply it by 52, then divide by 12. If you have a quarterly expense, multiply by 4, then divide by 12. If you have an expense that varies, add 12 consecutive monthly expenses together and then divide by 12. The second thing before we move on is that you will likely have different expenses than your children's. For example, you may have a monthly expense in the form of rent, mortgage, and utility bills. However, your children likely do not have those expenses. Okay, now as I already mentioned, the monthly expenses portion of the form is organized into category A through K, which I listed earlier. I don't think you would gain anything by me listing the expenses uh, specifically under each category. So instead, I would just emphasize that these expenses are monthly, and for each expense, there is one column for your expenses, another column for your children's expenses, and a third column for the total. Also, that each section, A through K, has a space for you to enter the subtotal. Now, if you are completing the form online, the form self-calculates, but it is a good idea to check and make sure these self-calculations are correct. Just below the expenses category K for miscellaneous other expenses is a space to enter the total for the expenses 
listed in categories A through K for you, your children, and the total. Again, if you are completing the form online, the form self-calculates, but it is a good idea to check and make sure these self-calculations are correct. Next is a space for you to enter the number of your dependent children who are under 19 years of age, are enrolled in secondary school, and are not married or self-supporting. Okay, now we come to the income section. You may have more than one source of income, and if so, start with your highest source of income. Here, the first blank on the right is for you to enter your gross monthly wages. This is calculated before taxes are taken out. Now, let's just talk a little bit about how to calculate your gross monthly wages. The following are some common ways to calculate your gross monthly wages. If you are a salary employee, you can calculate your gross monthly wages by dividing your annual salary by 12. If you are an hourly employee, you can calculate your total monthly income before taxes by multiplying your hourly rate by the average hours you work a week. Multiply that number by 52, then divide by 12. If you are self-employed, your accountant would be able to provide your gross monthly wages. Once you have entered your gross monthly wages from your highest source of income, you then list the monthly deductions from your gross pay for federal tax, state tax, Medicare, FICA, and retirement. These deductions can be found on your pay stub. However, if not, you can ask your employer for a breakdown of these deductions. In addition, these are monthly deductions. So if you are paid weekly, you would multiply the weekly deduction by 52, then divide by 12. If you are paid bi-weekly, you would multiply the deduction by 26, then divide by 12. If you are self-employed, your accountant would be able to provide you these monthly deductions. Now, after these deductions are entered, there is a space for the total deductions. The next box is for your net income from wages. Here, subtract the total deductions from your gross monthly wages and get your net income from wages. If you are completing the form online, the form self-calculates, but it is a good idea to check and make sure these self-calculations are correct. Underneath your net income from wages is a space for you to enter the total of any other gross income. The entry should reflect other gross monthly income, as explained earlier. Here it is important to note that if this form is being used to establish child support, or modified child support. Gross income from all sources should be included on this form. For a better understanding of what I mean by income from all sources, take a few minutes to listen to Financial Statement Child Support Guidelines podcast. After you have listened, after you have listed your other gross income, list any deductions from your other gross income 
and the amount of the deductions and total them. Next, subtract these deductions from your other gross income and enter that number in the space for net other income. Finally, calculate your total monthly income by adding your net income from wages and your net other income and enter that number in the space for total monthly income. If you are completing the form online, the form self-calculates, but it is a good idea to check and make sure these self-calculations are correct. Okay, hang in there. We're almost there. The last page of the form is for assets and liabilities. The top half has a list of assets on the left and a blank for the assets estimated value on the right. If you do not have an asset listed, leave the right space blank or put NA for not applicable. If you are unsure about a particular asset's value, you could obtain an appraisal or use one of the many appraisal sites on the web such as Zillow or Kelly's Blue Book. Once you have entered your assets and their estimated values, total them in the space on the far right. The second half of this page has a list of liabilities on the left and a blank for the amount of the liability on the right. If you do not have any of the liabilities listed, leave the right space blank or put NA for not applicable. If you have a liability that is not listed, such as a loan from family, use the spaces on the left marked with the lowercase a, b, or c, or use the space marked other. Again, once you have entered your assets and their total amounts, total them in the space on the far right. Next, subtract the total assets from the total liabilities and enter that number in the space on the far right for the total net worth. Okay, the last part of this form calculates an excess or deficit by subtracting your total income from your total expenses. Now, you find the number for your total income on the bottom of page 5 in the row labeled Total Monthly Income. You find the number for your total expenses on page 5 in the far right column of the row labeled Total Monthly Expenses. Once you have entered these numbers, subtract your total expenses from your total income and enter that number in the column on the far right of the row marked Excess or Deficit. If your total expenses are greater than your total income, you have a deficit. And if your total expenses are less than your total income, you have an excess. Again, if you are completing the form online, the form self-calculates, but it is a good idea to check and make sure these self-calculations are correct. Finally, there is a space for you to date and sign under the penalties of perjury. If you need, sport, uh, if you need more space to complete any part of the form, write the words see attached and attach a separate page with the information you wish to provide. Now, once you have completed the form, it is a good idea to save an electronic version of it that you can update as your case moves through the court system. In addition, make at least two copies 
so that you have one original and two copies. You will file the original, keep one copy for your records, and use the second copy for service. One more thing before you go. Along with this financial statement, you will have to file an additional form titled Notice Regarding Restricted Information Pursuant to Rule 20-201.1, also known as MDJ-008. I provide detailed instructions on how to properly complete the Notice Regarding Restricted Information in a separate episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope that you found this information educational. And if you did, or are simply supportive of providing greater access to our legal system, please consider supporting us by passing our information along by whatever means you have available, by leaving us a review and a rating, and or by making a donation. Maryland Law Podcast is a community-funded and supported project which again means we are only able to provide the information on this site and maintain and update it with your support. Again, thanks for listening and best of luck to you.